Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I am your host, Brad Redding, and I have a very special guest today, our technical product manager, Jerrica, who is going to share a ton of knowledge on a very fun feature, especially in the world of e-com, maximizing revenue per user, etc. But we're going to be talking all about post-purchase upsells and the tracking nuances with that Jerrica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. It's good to be here. I think I stole your intro, but still, give give your intro. <laughs> so I'm Jerrica. I have worked in marketing on both the brand side and the agency side. And most recently, I have spent the last year deep into Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics and doing all the fun things that come with data tracking. Here at Elevar, Jerrica is amazing. And uh I will be sitting here just teeing up the questions for Jerrica to share. This is very hot and new and active. And if you've listened to our podcast before, this is we're just sharing what's going on in our world. And we are seeing a pretty massive movement of folks that are on the legacy cart hook or some of the other legacy post-purchase apps all being moved to the native Shopify checkout, where now they're using that native post-purchase upsell, downsell flow. So we want to share some knowledge. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. So before we get into the nuances of everything that goes into setting up tracking and how to think about tracking for the post-purchase flow that includes upsells, Jerrica, can you just share a little bit of history? So the, what's the one-on-one on the post-purchase upsell process for Shopify merchants that we've worked with over the past five years? So for a very long period of time, it started out with if you wanted to offer upsells during your checkout process, you'd probably have to use a separate checkout. So you need to maybe go with a cart hook and have all of your checkouts go on the cart hook checkout. Now, that's fun because there's always going to be unique quirks with whatever checkout, third-party checkout you use and inconsistencies there. So for a very long time, we had to use a different, a separate checkout. Then probably about maybe like a year ago, Shopify started rolling out this unified checkout. So you could still stay on that Shopify liquid, that Shopify theme, and you could offer upsells during that unified checkout experience. The challenge with that is this would often lead to underreporting in your marketing channels. So it would lead to underreporting because your tracking was dependent on a shopper making it to the final thank you page during that unified experience. And most shoppers, when they're shown an upsell, after they make a purchase, a lot, a good portion of them just leave the website and then they never make it to the thank you page. So even though they've placed that first order, you don't get to record that in Google Analytics, Facebook, or wherever. So now probably, I think about six months ago, Shopify released this new post-purchase page scripts in your checkout settings. This is a place very similar to the order status page scripts where you can add different tracking scripts and fire them on those unique upsell pages. So the old quote unquote thank you page, which is now labeled the order status page in the Shopify admin checkout settings, that page largely, so that used to be everyone would see it. They'd hit the thank you page and that's where essentially all of your tracking would always trigger. 
now that page is essentially that last step in that journey for the user where I click place order, buy my main item. I see the quote unquote thank you page that is offering me against like that checkout aisle. Like, do you want this pack of gum while you're buying your groceries? That's really now the main page. And that's the the post-purchase scripts is what's ultimately showing and, and triggering different tracking there, correct? A hundred percent. And then within that, there it's kind of like an onion you peel back in that particular uh, tracking setting is if I, as a user, I take an upsell, then there is additional logic, whatever you want to call it. But if I take that upsell, the tracking that ultimately would this, would trigger for my purchase, quote unquote purchase or adding onto my main order, that tracking also is powered through that post-purchase order settings block, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if I take a downsell, same thing. The tracking is still going to be powered through that post-purchase settings block in the Shopify admin. And only if I choose as a user to essentially say, no, thanks, this, this is all I want. I get sent to the thank you page, that like final order status page. Or if I don't take any downsells, I don't click the no thanks. And I just balance, like you said, I will never hit that thank you page. So the tracking there would ultimately never trigger. It can be very, very confusing when you start thinking about, you just look at those two blocks. And if you're not doing this every day, like we are of knowing where the tracking is ultimately coming from, but hopefully I didn't make that more confusing for everybody listening. I think you did good. All right. You're just saying that. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we're going to go through what to consider. So before you even get going with your tracking, uh, let's say you, uh, again, what to consider and you're getting ready to go live. We'll walk you through the steps that we take with our customers and things that you can take away as well to think about when you go live. We'll share how Elevar, how we work with upsells in the post-purchase process. And then we'll wrap up with just some other good to know uh, items that we've learned again, some nuances with this particular very complex tracking setup. So Jerrica, what should everyone consider before they just toggle that app on and start uh, selling upsells? Yes. So the first thing is, so this post-purchase upsell script page, whatever scripts you place in this, this is going to fire when someone views that post-purchase page. So it may not make initial sense to just paste all of your copy all of your purchase scripts from your order status page and place them right into the post-purchase page. We want to think about this carefully. So really the opportunity that this additional scripts give us is we can fire tracking when someone views the upsell, we can fire tracking when someone views the thank you page or accepts the upsell. So how we can set this up is after someone hits that add payment info button, they're taken to the upsell page, we can immediately fire a purchase event because we know that they've already purchased. So takes away that and any of that distance between the order status page, we want to fire that purchase event immediately as soon as the shopper hits add payment info. Next, we want to determine if they accept or decline an upsell. So we need some sort of a logic to listen to what's been completed and if they accept it. And once they accept it, then we want to fire the tracking on the acceptance and we can fire tracking on the decline. So we have two main opportunities to fire tracking. On the first, viewing the order status page, after you press the add payment info, you can also fire it on the acceptance of a upsell. You can look at these as additional purchases, or you can look at these as custom events. 
So you can, if you want to look at this as all different unique purchases, you can fire a purchase event when they first press that add payment info or submit payment info, and you can fire a different purchase event, looking at it as a completely different order on an upsell acceptance. The downstream effect of that first option is that the revenue in your marketing destinations will match the revenue in Shopify, but the order count in your marketing destinations will be significantly larger than what you have in Shopify. Because there's a purchase event that fires on that main purchase and that they take an upsell, then there could be another purchase event, depending on how you set up, that you could end up sending Facebook or GA to unique purchase events, but it's still ultimately, you might consider it one order with you know, that the revenue combined between the two. Exactly. Now let's wind it back. What, what are my other options now? So you could fire, you'd still probably want to fire that purchase event after they hit submit payment info and they make it, they're shown that first upsell offer because they have made their first purchase. And instead of firing another purchase event, if they accept the upsell, you could fire a custom event instead. So a custom upsell acceptance event. The downstream effect of this is if you want the revenue in your marketing destination to match Shopify, you need to combine the purchase revenue with the custom upsell revenue. The main purchase event, the or, the number of orders is going to exactly match Shopify, but the revenue will be under unless you add in that upsell purchase event. Makes sense. So when does it make sense to do one and when does it make sense to do the other? I say nine times out of 10, you're probably going to want to set it up with a custom upsell event on the second one because then you can get the best of both worlds. You can get the number of orders to be correct when compared to Shopify. You can also get the number of revenue to be correct when you combine the two and compare it to Shopify. That's nine times out of 10. Where you would want to do um, the same purchase event is if you are using some sort of maybe automated bidding strategy in your marketing destination and it's really focused around total revenue and not on an order basis. So if you're doing automated bidding strategy and it's looking at the total revenue of your purchase event, you want that purchase event to be the highest amount possible. So that's the scenario where you want both to be a purchase. That's what we see with our customers when we're going through their, this decision process of how to set things up. And if you have very, if your upsells are very high dollar amounts, so not like the pack of gum for $10, but it could be the couple hundred dollar amount, which could drastically change. That's, is that typically what you've seen in your experience with the customers and what drives that decision? Yep. If there's a large variance in order revenue. Okay. So that's a, that's a good one to consider and a, a nuance. And I was going to mention this at the end, but in case those that drop off and don't listen to the entire episode in the show notes, you'll see a link that'll go to our knowledge base article that goes through this, what Jerrica just described in more detail and the nuances of how to set up tracking between that, the main purchase and a post-purchase. Let's keep going. What else? Anything else that any brands should consider before we go through a, again, a quote unquote live walkthrough and getting someone live and on their first upsell? Yeah. So I think there's one other important thing to know before even going down this road. And it's, there are some quirks per marketing destination with what Shopify currently offers. So with the post-purchase upsell, you have a very limited amount of time between the shopper accepting the upsell and shopper getting to the thank you page. We have like less, like less than 500 milliseconds, basically. This affects some tags from firing and other tags 
to not fire. So for instance, Facebook seems to fire just fine from what we've seen with, with our merchants. Google Analytics, Universal Analytics tags seem to fire just fine on that post-purchase acceptance. But other tags like GA4 and Google Ads, these tags tend to not fire on that post-purchase page acceptance. Why? I think that some of these tags take longer to load and we just don't have enough time to pass that full data set. All right, before our inbox, our help at our VIP inbox gets flooded with uh, questions, <laughs> let's. I'm going to try to uh, unpack that a little more just to describe that. So, customer places an order, they see the upsell, and this is client side tracking only. Siri's talking to me. So, customer places an order and they hit that main page. If someone is relying on client side tracking, we don't see any issues with tracking on that first purchase, correct? Correct. So now this is in that, again, you're peeling back the onion or going, it's a little bit inception, at least in a world of tracking. If someone takes that upsell, there is additional tracking. There's like almost like another quote unquote page that is being triggered through that iframe that is saying, hey, someone just took a $20 upsell, process all the tracking that is available, and you got 500 milliseconds. So you got a half a second for anything to finish before Shopify is going to redirect you either to potentially another upsell or to that final thank you page. So in that half a second period, any client side tracking that's in place, those scripts need to essentially run and process if they don't finish in time, because again, their scripts, their JavaScript that requires time for them to process. If they don't finish, then they essentially are lost. And at that point, the user would be taken to the next page where tracking would then trigger with, again, whether it's the order status page or another upsell. Is that right? Yes, exactly that. All right, cool. And that's the show. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tricky one. And uh, I imagine some might have some questions, but we'll come back to this when we get to the server-side tracking and how we're handling this. So let's go through next in going live. So we have, let's say, it doesn't really matter if you are an existing merchant that you are using the legacy cart hook or Zipify checkout and you're transitioning or migrating to the unified checkout version, or if you're brand new and you are installing, again, one of the three most common, three or four most common ones we see, Rebuy, Zipify, and Carthook, if you are installing that and starting from scratch, process is essentially the same, right? There's no there's no real difference if you're migrating or if you're, you are just starting for the first time. Yeah, no real difference. You're really starting from scratch both ways. Okay, so let's just walk through, again, admin settings, GTM nuances, plus first non-plus, the funnel, and anything else that you want to share if, again, you're walking through a, uh, a merchant, a customer going live. Yeah, so say we so we switch over to maybe a card hook, unified checkout for the first time. In our checkout settings, now we're going to see, so in Shopify checkout settings, we're now going to get that new option of the post-purchase page scripts right next to our order status page scripts. So the first thing we need to do is we need to add logic to communicate between the post-purchase page and the order status page. So adding in a post-purchase data layer events into that post-purchase upsell page, and then also configuring our purchase event in the order status page. Now, I'm going to stop here and talk a little bit about just this data layer script section, because this is really affected by if you are a Shopify Plus merchant versus a Shopify non-plus merchant. So a big draw of Shopify Plus is they give you access to your checkout.liquid. This is great because you can add Google Tag Manager and scripts to your checkout pages, like the initiate checkout page, the add payment info page, add shipping info page, and you can get that holistic checkout behavior view and see where are people falling off on my checkout. However, 
the checkout.liquid doesn't communicate with your checkout settings, even though they can both add tracking to that order status page. So if we are on Shopify Plus, we want to keep tracking on the initial checkout pages that initiate checkout, that add payment info, but we want to transition that purchase tracking from the checkout.liquid over to our checkout settings. So how do we do that? So first, we want to customize the tracking on our checkout.liquid to not fire when the page contains thank underscore you. So keep everything the same, just don't fire when there's a thank you in the name of the URL, easy enough. And then we consolidate that purchase event tracking and plop it into our order status page. Now the post-purchase page can speak to the order status page and all that tracking can be manipulated together. So now we have our data layers in place and our tracking good to go. Next, we can add custom events in Google Tag Manager. So again, either custom event for the upsell purchase or another purchase event on that upsell. So you add your custom tags, you fire them on that DL or, or on that upsell purchase event and you want to go QA them. You want to confirm, did this setup that I just configured, is this going to work? Well, so say you place a test order and you're using Google Tag Manager's preview mode since it's very simple and easy to use. And you go through that test purchase and you go through the upsell and you don't see anything in the preview page. This is good. This is okay. This is normal. This is expected behavior. Here is why you won't really be able to use Google Tag Manager preview mode. And it's twofold. Number one, is these upsell pages, they're hosted in an iframe. Anytime we have an iframe, Google Tag Manager tracking gets a little nuancey. So because it's hosted in an iframe, you won't see any data layer events fire in Google Tag Manager's preview mode. You just won't. So not seeing them there, that's expected behavior because we're in that iframe scenario. The next item, so okay, maybe we still want to you know, preview these tags, but maybe we'll want to use Facebook's test events and see if the data comes through there. And you, you test these things out before trying to publish them. You're not going to see the upsell event fire because we're in this sandboxed environment. So in order to have that upsell event appear, we need to actually publish those tags. So we can't test in a test environment. We have to test in a live environment. That's obviously... A little scary for a lot of merchants to have to publish tags before being able to know if they work. So if you do want to go through and, and enable upsells, if you have a dev environment, that's where you're going to want to test first. Make things go live in a dev environment, get a dev Shopify store, test it out there, verify there where you can be fully published. And then you can validate in Google Analytics real-time reports, Facebook test events, or whatever you need. All right. Well, I have some head spinning already. If not from my explanations before, but that is a great, great information, great knowledge, great recommendation. If you're a high volume merchant, like Jerica said, in this case, if you want to validate, you've got to go live. If you're using if you're an LFR customer or coming on as an LFR customer, you'd have to add all that post purchase tracking code to your post purchase settings and publish your GTM container. Again, let's assume this is all client side, nothing related to our server side tracking, publish that GTM container, and then you would essentially have to verify that everything works live, which can be risky. So great, great, mm -hmm. great call out to uh, essentially match the same setup on a dev store. Anything else? So we, the plus versus non-plus nuance. So adding some conditional logic inside the checkout.liquid so you don't duplicate tracking by having your tracking trigger from 
code in your checkout.liquid that again, that's where Elevar injects data layer code. And also in the admin settings and the checkout settings, the checkout funnel differences, the GTM nuances, anything else that a merchant would need to consider before going live? I think those are it. Make sure that you you have that purchase event fully transferred over to just your checkout settings. If you're on a plus store, you got a QA in, in a published environment. So you have to go live. So if you have a dev environment, use that. Um, but those those are the main two. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the switching over of, let's say you go live and you might have some legacy tracking in place. So again, pre-go live, you let's say you have your Google Ads conversion tracking script in the order status page. If you go live and now that main purchase is no longer going to be triggering on that order status page, that main purchase event. So just in Google Ads purchase event, that's going to trigger from that initial post-purchase upsell, like, hey, do you want to buy this pack of gum? Let's say you move to tracking in GTM or you set up tracking, you hard code the tracking inside the post-purchase page. You'll want to be sure that you also add that conditional logic on that order status page code so your Google Ads conversion does not trigger twice. Is that right? Yeah, because you want them to be able to talk to one another. So say you're probably still going to have people going through the checkout that aren't going to be offered upsells. They might just go straight to the status page. And if that's the case, you want to make sure that your purchase tracking is still going to fire, even though they were missing that upsell page. So we need some sort of conditional logic to say, if we're being shown an upsell page, then fire the purchase event immediately. But if we're not being shown the purchase page, if we haven't seen that, still fire the tracking on the order status page. Yeah. Everything we're going through is in our knowledge base article, including the conditional logic that Jerrica mentioned that you'd have to wrap around this. Again, it's somewhat technical, but I think we want to get technical and raise these flags so you don't just potentially go live with your new post-purchase upsell app and you don't modify any of your tracking. Uh, because if you don't do any of this in that post-purchase page or post-purchase settings, you're going to see a, likely a significant drop in just your tracking because of the, the percentage of people that reach that final thank you order status page is not going to be 100%. It's more likely going to be 60, 70%, if not less. Yeah, exactly. All right. So everything we've talked about at this point has been very much focused on the client-side tracking. So using the native Shopify features that are available and let's transition into server side. And since this is in our world, we can share specifically how Elevar handles server-side tracking with post-purchase upsell integrations. Share some knowledge and, uh, and wisdom. So first, let's talk about what type of... So say you're using Elevar's server-side Google Analytics integration. What is the server-side integration going to send for the purchase event? Our server-side integration, it's order creation-based tracking. So that means that the trigger is an order being created in Shopify. As soon as an order is being created in Shopify, that's what the server-side sends. How the upsells work is as soon as you first create and hit that ad payment info, an order is being created in Shopify. So boom, our server-side integration gets triggered, sends the data with just that first item only. When you accept the upsell and you add an item to that order, that order gets edited. It doesn't create a new order, it gets edited. Edited inside of Shopify. So it's a technically the, the order edit happens in Shopify. Exactly. So our server-side integration won't see that. It's the trigger's order being created, not an order being edited. So the server-side is just going to send the value 
of that first item that you've purchased and will not include any upsell data. So what you need to do to get the upsell data is that's where you need to use a combination of that server side for that first purchase and client side tags for the upsell offers. So you can fire an additional client side tag on that upsell acceptance, either a custom event or another purchase event. And that's where you can get the full data set into Google Analytics or Facebook or what have you. And just to add on that, there are some nuances based on the app that you are using. So there are some upsell apps that will create a new order. And you'll see that if you look at your Shopify channels and you'll see you know, online store, historically you'd see CartHug, Zivify, Rebuy, et cetera. But in some cases, there will be orders that are created, imported into Shopify there that are technically different orders. But so keep in mind, like depending on what app or combination of apps you're using, especially if you are using subscriptions as well, this can get very... The spider web can grow significantly based on those permutations that you have. And ultimately, what going back to the original description, what Jerrica mentioned of, do you want that just that main purchase only and that main purchase revenue sent to Facebook, TikTok, et cetera? Or do you want to wait and send like that one purchase event with all the revenue? Those are going to be two, two different setups. I think that's right. There's a lot of nuance, right, between different apps and subscriptions and upsells and potentially what the ultimate merchant is looking for. Definitely can be nuances, especially between upsells and subscription. I was going to ask, do you know, like off the top of your head, like an example of an app that will create a new order with an upsell acceptance? Yeah, Rebuy has the, they'll create orders. Theirs might be outside of the upsell, but I know you'll see them as a channel listed. With Carthook and Zipify, I think they're just editing the order like you described. But yeah, there's certainly, with the unified checkout and the ability to create orders on a fly, I think we're certainly seeing more channels pop up in that, again, channel report, because like you described with at least the Elevar server-side integration, you have the ability to send every channel. So not just orders limited to your online store channel that you see in Shopify. You can send draft orders. You can send shop app orders or anything else that where the user is checking out outside of the quote-unquote online store. All of those orders can be sent to the channel, GA, Facebook, TikTok, et cetera. I don't want to misspeak on this because this is on record, but I don't want to say the exact app. I know there are some apps I've seen the the channels created inside of Shopify. So maybe we'll double check and leave that in the show notes as well. And just to confirm, so if if the app does create a new order instead of editing the order, then that's going to trigger the server-side integration to send that upsell without any client-side tagging needed. Exactly. But if it edits the order, you're going to need to use the combination of server-side plus client-side. Or the nuance of, which we've looked at of, looking at editing the web or taking the edited version of the order and then essentially storing that, reconciling it after that 10, I think it's like a 10 minute delay before that Shopify will hold that order. And then when it closes it, then ultimately send that. So this will change and this will, our integration will change as well as, uh, you know, we get more feedback from customers, but good explanation in general. If you are using all of our server side, you'll never miss your main purchase conversion. And in some cases, we, we've even seen Jericho, where I think that initial webhook uh, Shopify will sometimes include the upsell if it's taken up pretty quickly and it, you end up almost like a race condition. Yeah, if, anytime we're quick, tracking can get a little nuancy. So if you accept the upsell really quick and it's included in, in that first order creation by the time the server side gets triggered to send the data, it's going to be included. And for those that aren't in the weeds as much as we are, maybe I'll just describe the, at least with our server side tracking. So there's Shopify allows you, you can add, uh, they have webhooks that essentially it's when an order happens, Shopify raises its hand and says, Hey, 
I got a new order. Here's all the information on that order. Does anyone want to pick this up? And LLVAR will say, yep, we're going to pick this up on behalf of one of our customers. And then we're going to set route that and send it to all the destinations that this particular customer is configured. So really that's, it's everything is truly happening outside of the browser and, uh, Shopify is essentially raising their hand, telling us they have a new order and, and exposing all the details with that. All right. So we are about 30, 30 minutes into this episode, just to recap what we've covered. So we went through a little bit of history 101. We talked through just some considerations, the main purchase versus the upsells. And if you want to have one purchase event or multiple to potentially handle the way you are bidding and uh, or how you handle your analytics tracking. We went through an actual go live. So what are considerations? Plus versus non-plus. Order status page settings versus post-purchase settings. Nuances with GTM and preview mode not working in the iframe. And we went through a quick overview on the LLVAR server-side destinations or server-side tracking. Inside of LLVAR, we also have pre-built tags. So if you just want to focus on client-side tracking, we also have a pre-built container you can download that has the upsell event for GTM. I think our default, we include Facebook and GA, so you can separate that event out. So if you want to measure your upsell events separately in GA, which is something we see pretty common, a lot of our merchants will look at, they want to see the main purchase and then the conversion rate for upsell purchase events. So you can split those up. And again, everything is referenced in the knowledge base article in the show notes. I think we had a couple more bullet points just as an FYIs for brands to consider. And this will change as we move through the rest of 2022. And what are a couple of those bullet points of just uh, things to consider with the post-purchase API? Yeah, number one, I think that Shopify is still probably working on enhancing the upsell API. And I say that because there are some current limitations with what they currently offer. So there is data that you would think would be available that maybe isn't available right now. So for instance, when you accept that upsell, um, we don't really know. Shopify doesn't give you the customer address. And they don't give you a breakdown of any of the revenue. They basically give you revenue and subtotal, and they don't, don't specify what the tax or the shipping is. So it's not fully completed, but I anticipate Shopify is planning on adding more and more details into it. They've definitely have continued to enhance it. And just to clarify, the upsell API, that's the still the client side. So when someone is hitting that upsell page, the data that we are able to basically listen in the browser, what Shopify is exposing, and then we rebuild that into a data layer that, again, you can use the Google, Google Tag Manager web container to trigger your tags. But again, server-side, that main purchase event has customer data, it has the revenue subtotal, that works as normal. This is just specific to the client-side tracking, correct? Yep, just client-side. Cool. Well, anything else to to share before we wrap up? I think that's it. Yeah, I, I would just say if um, we do have a knowledge base article that walks you through all the steps needed to set up your upsell tracking. So if you're looking to test it out, looking to get your upsell tracking, go to that unified checkout experience. We've done this for tons of merchants. So use our tried and true method. Awesome. Well, Jerrica, thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge and experience. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback, questions, shoot me an email, brad at getelevar or jerrica, jerrica at getelevar. We'd love to hear your feedback. Otherwise, you'll likely be hearing from Jerrica again soon on a future episode. But for today, that's it. We'll see you next time. 
Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.